Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I am Kevin Jordan. We're here to cover episode seven, right? Episode yes. seven of Spies, Eyes, and Allies, where there's more crying than a group of junior high girls watching The Notebook <laughs> for the first time. We're also going to do a little bit of sur- Survivor at the end. <clears throat> I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong and Rob McIntyre. This, I will say this. I didn't think this episode was that bad, but I think that could just be because of what we've seen lately. Uh, that was my overall topo. I didn't think it was well, that bad. I thought it was really a missed opportunity because I actually felt if they combined this episode with the last one, I mean, the mission still would have sucked, but I actually think it would have been pretty good otherwise. I agree with Rob. If they had taken last week's episode and this week's episode and made it a 90-minute, a single 90-minute episode, I think I would say this was a pretty good. Yeah. As it was, even, last week sucked and this week was pretty decent. I don't even know if it needed to be 90 minutes. Like, I think if they took last week's episode and this week's episode, made it one hour and really just kind of like. I think it wouldn't down. have had enough time to breathe. I think it would have been a lot for an hour. Uh, dude, we, we, like, the actual substance of last week was six minutes. Like, everything else was complete bullshit. That's fair. You cut out the like, non Casey. All, all, all of the drama happened in the last six minutes of the episode. We had the Emmy bullshit. Like, literally the entire episode last week was Emmy. We had the Casey well, stuff. Oh, no, we had the Nani Casey uh, fake thing. I know, that's what I said. We had the Casey stuff, and we don't need to see that. No no one was saying, oh, my God, what what a heartwarming moment. Let, let's see more of that on the <laughs> I show. Mean, like, like, I mean, there, there were, no, no, I mean, there were some people who... The Nani stands were all over that. No, yeah, there's like, some... let's, bring them on, let's bring them on the show. Let's bring them on the show. Let's... <laughs> I mean, the thing is that we have to realize that we appeal to a certain demographic of challenge to... fan, and there's a whole other one that we're not reaching. I don't know. I think our demographic is like wider than you give it credit for. Just by like speaking with some of the people, because it's our demographic. It's the no, one just, we're in. No, just by like speaking with some of the people that uh, are patrons of the show and got to the right pick to like yeah, our their patrons own money. of the show. I know our show. I know that's what I'm saying. And speaking with them, there are some people that I would have never expected my entire life to be giving up four dollars a month to listen to bonus content from us. Yeah. We have everything from 20-year-olds that are in college to stay-at-home mom in their 40s. Like, we literally run the gamut of demographics There are teenagers that listen put, to this. Okay, put it this way. There were there are women who watched Teen Mom OG that I knew in college that would have been all over the Nani Casey date. Yeah, I know. But, like, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're That's watching the That's still a decent number of their fans. I don't know, dude. Like, I, uh, like, I, I didn't. I literally didn't hear one person say, "I love this." Well, where do you listen to people talk about the challenge? Everywhere, Rob. I'm everywhere all the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I'm omniscient. No he one is more than he's on the Teen Mom OG subreddit, Rob. That's yeah, how he, plugged in he is to this demographic. Yeah. Check out Corey instigating this episode. <laughs> I'm locked in. So I mean, with this, I mean, uh, by the way, Josh bro- like broke fantasy records this episode oh. with the amount of crying points he got. Like it, it was unbelievable. I mean, it's just every scene. How My, I sent you guys the text that said if you took a shot for every time Josh cried this episode or was shown crying, you'd have alcohol poisoning. Not four <laughs> minutes after I sent that text, my sister texts me and she was actually live watching the show and she goes, If you <laughs> if you took a drink for every time Josh cried this episode, you'd be dead. There was just so much crying. It wasn't even necessarily Josh, too. Because he cried all the time. Oh, it was a lot of Fessy, Josh. Fessy yeah, cried. That's what I mean. Like Fessy cried, Casey cried, Nani cried, Esther Andy was crying. Cried, Esther, Esther cried. Was cr- Everyone was crying. It, it was a lot. Um, that's the highlight of the episode, right? Is it's just Fessy going home. Um, 
Amber uh, I mean, it's crying. definitely the most notable thing from the episode. Yeah, Amber, Amber was crying. Um, They're definitely it's the most notable part of it. I thought he handled it very well, and I, just, and I also like. Uh, I, agree. I would definitely prefer him to hang around. I mean, I feel like with the violent stuff on the challenge, it's just kind of a black box that we can't. I feel like there's like a lot of legal. Their legal department who's in control of a lot of that, right? I don't know, dude, because they're, I, in my notes, I wrote this down, and this is what I'm thinking. Over the years, they've definitely been very, like, selective with how they've decided yeah. to enforce this. Well, you even think um, of, so, like, last season, when Josh pushes Devin down, that one episode, I feel like that was almost worse than what Fessy did this past episode. And yeah. then even go back, remember on Bloodlines, when yeah. Tony and Shane yeah. literally, like, throw each other into the wall, and are, yeah. like, Shane's, like, coming back, like, literally throwing a punch, and then they're just fine the next episode. Yeah. It's crazy. So, I mean, they're, I, except for they're definitely very inconsistent. I well, I don't think they're inconsistent lately, okay, as dumb as this sounds. I feel like if you look over the last, like, 12 seasons of Sure, because CT did exactly what Fessy did on Rivals 2 and didn't get in trouble. So well, what, he did work. I mean, he, like, grabs Ron and, like, throws him around in the pool. The thing, yeah. the thing is, though, and Rob brought it up, is that jo- what Josh did last season to Devin was arguably worse. So are we kicking Fessy off this season because it was to the face and not the body? That's exactly like, it, what I was going to say. I feel you know like, I mean? like they're pretty consistent since Dirty 30 with if you touch or slap or mush someone or punch someone in the face you're you're gone if it's so a- they made the, it seems like they made up until the point where they didn't kick ct off uh rivals 2 they were pretty consistent it was pretty cut and dry you touch someone you go home then they decided to keep ct around after that occurred mm-hmm. i would want to know why they decided to leave him around and if it was because it would have like destroyed the season if he went home. Yeah, I think that. I think I think this is another incident where this would have really helped the season out to keep Bessie around. I feel like with CT, they were measuring CT against his other altercations, yeah. and you compare that to like CT versus Adam or like, CT wow, versus CT. Like, you've is, really grown. You've, you've improved. <laughs> this is barely anything. Just, just like my perception of this episode, I guess. Um, exactly. I, I mean, I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was fine. It's just. It's just I mean, it's another thing where anytime you have one of these sort of rebound episodes that's bouncing off of a previous episode where they cut it short, it's just going to be kind of an odd yeah. episode. I, think, I thought it was fine. I think I'm my not- I think my hope for this is, is since last week was such a highly rated show that we don't see a plummet this week, you know? Because this week, as we said, is a pretty decent episode. Is it going to win an award for best episode ever? Absolutely not. Um but it, it's definitely an improvement in trending in the right direction. But since so many people saw such a horrid episode this week, what damage did it do to this week's See, rating? This this week might be like an absolute bloodbath in ratings. Just like an absolute disaster. After last week and combined with the fact that of how many other shows were on yeah. on Wednesday night. Like, I this mean, could be really rough. Run this down real quick. So Survivor came back last night with a brand new format. All kinds of stuff. Two hour premiere, by the way, last night. And AEW was live in the Arthur Ashe Tennis Stadium in New York City. And they led off with the most anticipated match at eight o'clock when the show kicked off. So literally at 8 p.m. Eastern, you had the challenge, the kickoff of the new version of Survivor and one of the most anticipated matchups in pro wrestling this year all happen at the exact same moment. Look, look, it, it may not be the worst thing for the show to get just absolutely torched in the ratings. So then if they just realize yeah. that they can't keep 
going in this direction. I don't think it'd be the worst thing for them to get kicked down a little bit. No. Like, I mean, um, if, if, if they had, like, record-breaking lows every week the rest of the season for ratings, I think it would be good for them. Like, it was... It would be they like should just, tell like, them they need to go back to Tuesday. Yeah, so switch switch a couple things around. Go back to Tuesday. My hope with this too is that I think the, the, hopefully the pacing just kind of increases from here. I feel like that's been a problem too. It's just been kind of slow building up to this point. Hopefully this gives them a bit of a kick. And then, I mean, the, the issue is now. I mean, we have Emmy signing Kersol over towards the Veterans Alliance now, and that's the one thing we definitely needed. Is another rookie Dude, jumping ship and joining talked, the Veterans Alliance. We talked like, about this last week. It's so fucking stupid because now this just perpetuates the cycle of only rookies going into elimination. Yeah. Like it still happens. Like all she needed to do was pick someone from a veteran veteran pair and it would break the cycle. Now it's just going to keep rolling. She and wants they, to they be just, they, though. They, they, they just, there's clearly just no loyalty amongst the rookies. And there's also somewhat of a lack of foresight, at least for the ones who have won elimination so far that events, if they're not, like it's just going to keep going like this. They they need the veterans yeah. to start shooting at each other in order to have any chance of skating by. And did you see what like the very first line from the preview for the next episode was? It was the uh, veteran alliance is still going strong. That was like the very yeah. first thing that they said. <laughs> I mean, Devin, usually you'd be all over this storyline where the veterans just swamp over the rookies. None of these and that's people what are happens. entertaining. Like not like no, the, the cast is terrible. That's the issue. Like, I don't yeah. enjoy any of these people, really. Like, fuck Corey. Like, I don't need to see Corey on TV. Like, he, there's nothing redeeming about that, him. That was another thing that really bothered me. Because what are Corey and Tori doing apologizing? Run reality dude, TV. Like, why the, is everyone, like, mad at them? Like, what do they dude, expect? Dude, the thing that I thought was, like, like, I was just so confused by is right before they go into nomination and TJ tells them that they have 15 minutes to be in the nomination chamber – and it's like Nelson, Devin, and a bunch of other people standing outside talking by the pool. Nelson's like, you know, like, are we just going to let Josh get off scot-free for about this? What the fuck are you talking about? Josh just did you a favor. Fessy's yeah. going home now. It's also like your biggest competition. Your it's, biggest yeah, competition bro- went home. Because of yeah, him. You should be in particular, him. too. N- Nelson's the one who was all had it out for Fessy. Maybe he wanted to, like, just send Fessy home, you know, in an actual elimination. But still... It's just them apologizing for starting instigating. I mean, you've got like Amanda and Devin of all people who are complaining that uh, Tori and Corey were instigating drama with other people. It's like that's you're on a reality TV show. That's what's supposed to happen. He's an adult. I mean, he should be able to handle himself. Amanda and Devin complaining about people starting drama is the pot in the fucking kettle at this point. I mean, the, I have they not hilarious. watched themselves on TV before? I mean, Amanda's perspective was that she wouldn't do something to try to get her friends in trouble, which I think, okay, I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's my, I just bothered because it's like they, they're adults. Josh and Fessy, they're, they're grown men. They know what they're signing up for on this show. They should be able to handle themselves in this situation. And I don't know that we need this content. We need people to be getting into fights and stuff. There's not much else happening. No, and it looks like the show was doing everything they could to discourage even a verbal altercation. It's like... Yeah, you know, it's TJ's, just a weird spot. TJ's telling Esther, you know, you're a rookie. You got to learn. You can't be throwing drinks in people's face. Well, we need people throwing drinks in Yeah, we need face. that. We need that. <laughs> That's what we need. Nobody <laughs> gets hurt other than their feelings, okay? Like, if somebody gets a drink thrown in their face, I'm sorry. It sucks if you're the person like, getting the drink like, thrown in your face. But we're on reality TV here. Without it's conflict. Not, yeah. The, the thing with this is they are so hypocritical when it comes to this. They oh, yeah. so hypocritical. 
because Completely. this is this is what they show us is the pretty much bridge between two episodes to keep like fans in the stands, right? This is what they, they show advertise on. these fights all the time. This is what they show on the commercials, right? When you see like uh, trailers for like biggest moments in the history of the show, a lot of these fights are in it. And then TJ Crawford tries to like, somebody slap like having yeah, seriously, half of them with somebody's like face half torn off, and then in yeah. this one, I mean, nobody was hurt at all. How many times have they shown the Adam trying to kill or CT trying to kill Adam from Duel Two and yeah, promoted it, it? I mean, come on, like it's one of the three biggest highlights for their uh, one of their three biggest characters. It's uh, yeah, they should have left. I mean, it, like if if there was ever a time where they were going to just continue to selectively enforce it, th- this is it. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's just a hard – again, it's just something where I don't know what goes into that decision. So it's hard for me to critique it. I just don't know. I mean, we, we really didn't get much this episode. Like, nothing really happened. You know, like, we got all of the – everything that – so we started with the night before, right? Or the, the, the same night where the confrontation occurred. Then we got the aftermath of that. Then we went into nomination. And then we pretty much went into elimination, right? There wasn't yeah. any, like, big – uh, plot point that happened this episode. Um, no, it was mostly just a wind down. Yeah. I think uh, what was interesting, though, so to get back into more of the Josh Fessy thing, I was impressed by Fessy going to Josh and them working it out in the bedroom. And Fessy finally realized why Josh was so upset is it was, hey, we're really tight outside of the show. And for you, we're looking out for each other in this show. And for me to not respect the fact that you have an opinion on what, you know, we should be doing to get to the end together. You know, that was bad of me to make a decision that would directly affect you. He finally realized why he was so mad about the Amber situation. And so I I just I, I, I was impressed by the fact that he was able to resolve that conflict. And hopefully they'll be good moving forward in a future season. Yeah, there was definitely a certain point where. Like, they both realize that this is, like, more than what the show is. And I think both of them handled it very well, right? Mm-hmm. Or as well as they were capable of. He goes up and apologizes to Josh with Casey in front of, in front of them and Nani in front of them, too. He says that he's sorry for ever putting Josh down. And then we get into the next morning where um, we see them talk outside. Fessy says that he... Bessie says that their biggest issue was not talking for so long, right? After everything with Amber B happened. Um, and I can definitely see how that would just kind of like bring the tech tension to a boiling point of what happened the night before. Yeah. Um, the one scene that we did get in between the fight and when they talked the next morning, though, was Emmy becoming part of the CT Devon Kyle Alliance in signing her name in pot sauce, and I thought that was fucking hilarious. That was pretty I thought great. it was really funny. It was, it was fine, I guess. CT's comment that, that hey, if you sign this in hot <laughs> sauce, that's 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 done. Like I thought, they, they bring out the cutting board and like she like makes her like actual signature on it. I thought that was great. Yeah. Well, so you got that. And then we also did have the burnout when she goes up to Casey and is trying to plot to get Amber put in. Um, and then CT's not a fan of that. One one interesting thing that came out of the aftermath was apparently in the chamber, uh, Berna actually voted for Devin to go. I guess it was Devin and Amber at that point to go in. And CT saw that, and then that's part of why he was so upset because he's like, you're just causing nonsense for no reason. So that's that's yeah. part of why he really wanted to ditch her uh, and convince Emmy to take her when they came in. 
That was pretty wise of him. You know, like CT's game yeah. is to stay as under the radar as possible. And the fact is that he his under partner, the radar though. The fact that his partner is voting for a veteran veteran pair right now is really dumb. Like dumb. When, when no one when no, there's no other real real groundswell to get them put in, right? The groundswell well, comes from her. I, I think that it is if she could have mounted the assets to get that moving, that would have been yeah. Like if if you, if you don't, have, you need to have enough foresight though to realize that there aren't enough votes in the house to make that happen. I know. Right? I, I just think we're in a spot with the rookies though. Where we critique them for not trying to get any of the veterans out, and then we also critique them when they vote for a no bullshit. Like, I, 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 bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. Like, I, yeah. So I don't know. What, what else do we want to talk about this? Um, so I want to tie this into um, what was going on with uh, Berna trying to put Amber in. So my sister is a casual fan. She's seen a bunch of seasons. She likes the show. She has some interesting observations from time to time. And she has one about Amber B that I just want to read because it's something that I had not fully considered. She says, what is it with the Amber B hate? I've yet, I've, I have yet to still see anything that makes me want to hate her or say, yeah, she deserves the house not liking her. Honestly, starting to hate the females in the house for giving her more shit and confessionals for having a very put together cry off to the side after being assaulted with water and screamed at from someone she wasn't even feuding with in the first place. Producers, either you're faking the hate on Amber B because nothing else is happening, or they have a 10-year-old in charge of editing these episodes. Okay, well, so I, I can give some background to that. I well, think for right. with, with anything we don't know, we don't have the full story because we're there for a couple days. But with her specifically, um, apparently she was, like, really milking, getting the stuff thrown in her face, like, and mm-hmm. saying that her eyes were, like, about to burn off and stuff. So then she kept complaining to production about it and that how Esther threw the drink in her face. So a lot of the girls in the house actually thought she was trying to get Esther, like, kicked off for throwing the drink in her face. Um, well, why not? Is, I would, too. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. I, I, which, I, but that's, that's part of why Esther and Berna in particular were upset at her for that situation. I mean, I definitely think that they just do a poor job of showing why um, they – why the females in the house dislike her, right? Because at this point, we've seen enough... We've seen this come from enough people and enough people that we didn't even... I don't even know if I knew like they necessarily... Like, was mad or the other episode. Yeah, like, I don't know if we necessarily saw... Like, people that I didn't even, like, think would have an opinion about Amber B coming out mm-hmm. and saying that they don't really care for Amber B, think she's fake. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that there's something there. They just haven't really done the best job of showing us exactly why. Right. Like yeah, we need yeah. more like hard examples of why necessarily they don't care for her. Like, yeah. Big T, I can understand a bit more because remember she flaked on their alliance last season. So there's some carryover effect. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Berna and Esther, that was the one thing that came up in particular. Outside of that, I haven't seen much as to why. Uh, the, uh, her and Esther keep going back and forth because Esther is convinced that Amber knew she was getting put in and wasn't blindsided and then completes complaining about being blindsided. So that, that that's the one storyline there. I, I don't quite know why it seems so ubiquitous that nobody likes her, though. Yeah. The biggest narrative around think- it is that people people seem to think that she's fake, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's definitely something that would be a little bit more difficult to show. And we have been given some examples from people by um, in that people... Esther keeps saying that Amber knew that she was going to be thrown in. Um, and it sounds like Amber B consistently tells people around the house and brings up about how she was backstabbed last season. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are a couple of like hard examples of why people don't necessarily care for her. And I could see how if someone like keeps bringing that up over and over and over and tries to bring the attention on themselves with those points, that would get a little old. Yeah, because it's also like, I mean, again, you're on a reality competition show. People get backstabbed all the time. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I get frustrated. It's like, oh, she's a backstabber. She's this, she's that. And it's like, and you haven't fucking done that, Tori? Like, really? Like, come on. I actually think Wes's observation he made last night was the most accurate. He's like, these girls are jealous of her because she won last season and they they don't like that. I mean, you think about Tori. How many seasons has Tori been on? Hasn't won yet. How many of these other people that have been trying to win haven't? And then Amber B jumps right in on our first season and wins. I could see that from some of the vets. I don't get why Burn and Esther would be as mad about that. So they just got there. I mean, I definitely don't. I think it can be a different reason for each person, right? They don't yeah. all have to dislike her for is. the same reason. Um, because we definitely heard that from Kyle on the Johnny Bananas podcast when it came to Amber B and that he said that that was an issue for a lot of the veteran women that she came on one a season and they perceived her to be a threat moving forward. So to me, I think it's the vets gaslighting the rookies and the rookies running with it. Dang, that's just me. That's where I think this is coming from. I, I can see where she does come off somewhat produced sometimes in her confessionals where it seems like she's just trying to move a certain narrative along that makes her look a certain way. And it isn't having the most genuine reaction. I think at least that's how I can see I mean, where that, people would read it that way. That's like, like that's reality of, TV. 98% of the cast. Well, yeah, again, again. I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily reality TV. Like, I would say for the most part, that's reality TV. And that's definitely fucking the challenge, right? That's, and that's well, one of my biggest issues. Yeah, these people on for seven seasons. That's one of my biggest issues with this show is that the confessionals are just so forced and so scripted that you don't get any, like, genuine takes of what's going on. You get a very, like, cookie-cutter, like, type of personality that comes through on those. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. so I, going towards the elimination part of this episode, what were you setting sort of the lines looking at who was in and what the elimination was? Uh, knowing what the elimination was, I don't really think Esther had a chance. Um, no. But in a in a general elimination, like the, the overall probability, I mean, Emmanuel gave us his uh, probability that Emmy would win in a general elimination. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious that he was like, I give you a 70% chance. <laughs> it's like, this is like your best friend in the house telling you that like, like that's the last thing that Emmy wants to hear. You know what I mean? You, even if you think that you're just like, yeah, you're going to win. Like there's no way that you're going to lose and just try and build up their confidence as they're about to go in. Yeah, that that was that was pretty funny. Uh, I mean, Esther definitely seemed to be a more well-rounded competitor in general than Emmy was. So you just you just didn't get the right draw. This was an interesting setup, though. But they had like the ropes on the ground. I didn't quite get what that was supposed to do. Traction. Did I miss something there? I, I guess to keep people from slipping. That's really what it was because they were no, well, they I started think... inside the cage basically. Yeah, I think what the ropes were meant to do is to slow people down when they're running. Like, I think it was meant so that, like, they ah, were able to, to slow run down violent collisions. That makes sense. Yeah, so, like, so like the slower you run, the you're not going hit to hit each other as hard. And, I mean, 
they both didn't know what they were doing. They both went up like <laughs> standing straight up, like they were like. I thought Esther actually had better form. Esther actually like got a little bit lower and actually tried to like. Pass. I don't know. Esther, Esther at least like tries to push her. Emmy just runs, dude. On the second one, Esther like gives herself CTE, like she just has straight whiplash <laughs> and just goes like straight head straight back. Yeah. I do think that the format of Hall Brawl was interesting in that you did the collision and then you had to go outside the cage and climb it and ring the bell. I found that to be interesting twist on it. Dude, something that I thought about this time, and there's no way for us to know. I wonder if there's like enough give in the like chain link fence that they have for the walls. To like kind of like jump into that and kind of like oh I thought slide, about that too you know what I mean and kind of just like yeah. slide past, past or even like I was thinking you could like slide into the wall and then like trip up the other person and then like just run past them yeah yeah there definitely seems something there because at the same time they all they haven't always used the chain link fence right? no no, no. Use, usually pl- they usually use plexiglass um, yeah which is not gonna have any gift and I think that's an overall better experience too I understand why they couldn't do it today because they wanted people to climb up and like ring the bell, which whatever. Um, I think in a different circumstance that could have meant for an interesting twist. What? Uh, Having them climb up at the end. I I think what's just a bummer is, is it seems like lately we're getting really crappy hall brawls. We're getting really bad matchups. Like the last somewhat (sighs) decent matchup we had was Fessy Nelson. But last year, Amber B did hall brawl, brawl twice against and just they were not like good Amber and Big T. Yeah. Like it's just terrible. Like and I mean, then I don't in this think episode, it's that great of an elimination loss if it's in like the right circumstance. Yeah, that's what he's saying. That's like, what I'm yeah. saying. Like it has to be the right matchup. Like if you're a producer and you're kind of planning on Hall Brawl and you know Fessy's going home and it's an all female elimination, why not strike Hall Brawl and save it for what could be a better matchup? Like I, why the, the fuck producer- are you allowing this? If I'm the producers, I'm totally doing that. Like if, yes. if, if I see CT and Fessy going into elimination, I'm like, get ready, Hall like, Brawl, like bring it in, bring it in right now, pole it. wrestle, let's go. Yeah, like uh, it's funny because people complain about the producer manipulation type stuff. I'm like, there are certain times where I wouldn't mind them like putting their hands on the scales and tipping things a certain way. I don't, I don't consider that producer manipulation. Now, producer manipulation would be them in confessionals gaslighting people to throw somebody in or like whispering off camera mm-hmm. to somebody. Hey, it'd be really good if you voted for so and so. Them changing an elimination game, the cast doesn't know shit about what elimination's gonna be there till they show up. It's not manipulation, in my opinion, if they just make a decision to change the game for the elimination. Are, That's I, I think it is manipulation because they are consciously making a decision to favor someone in, in a particular direction, right? But at the same time, from a viewer perspective, it's more enjoyable to see a com- what we're talking about is tilting the scales in a way that would make for a more competitive elimination. Yeah, typically, right? Like that's what we're talking about. It's not like we want to see like Fessy go in hall brawl against Huey. Like we're, no. we're not asking for that. We don't want Huey to die. <laughs> like I mean, the thing the thing with that is though, it's still tipping it in a certain way because if you pick a specific elimination, that's going to be different than if it was just a random elimination of the one you had picked out in your head. Like if you were going to do a puzzle elimination between CT and CT and uh, Fessy or Nelson or something, where CT is going to have a clear advantage, and then you tip that into a hall bar where it's a bit more of an even fight, that is changing the dynamics of what would happen. 
Yeah. I just don't necessarily think it's wrong. You know, like you can call it manipulation, but it's like they make up shit all the time. Like if they decide to yank an elimination for a more interesting one when they see the matchup, so be it. Well, remember on War of the Worlds 2 where the cast was pissed because they apparently that the um, production was continually trying to get them to not throw in people on their team. Like when they just had the votes when and they, if you look at how the season played out, that would have been probably the best option for them in many different times. Yeah, well, that I agree is producer manipulation. That's wrong. They should not be telling the cast like, "Hey, we would really like you to not do this." In yeah, terms or of playing set up the a game. format that actually makes sense. Like, don't try to have the cast correct for your bad format. You created. yeah, exactly. Like that is manipulation. That, that really bothers me when they do that because like, well, like like last season when they get mad at the guys for not competing in that one mission. I'm like, you didn't set up the incentives for them to want to compete at all. It's yeah, your yeah like. So stupid. That's your fault. That's not the cast fault. The cast's there to win money. Like yeah, they're going to do that, everything they can to win that and money. And in that same episode, the half the woman in the mission like literally throw themselves off the boulder or whatever they were riding the they're, thing they were riding on. They're literally like punishing them for taking the correct strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like like for something that they themselves, the producers, like fucked up on. Yep. In hindsight, like I, that's something that, like, I feel like doesn't get brought up enough. That's like insane. Well, and then remember the season before it got it gets overshadowed because everything else that happened that episode. But there was the episode where Jock, like, who was it? They got mad at the cast for working together in the mission to try to get the one person to win. Remember, I told him that's on the flag grabbing mission. Yeah. They get mad. They like penalize the cast for that. Like, you guys let them do that all the time. You set up legit. You set up actual missions where that's like the goal. <laughs> it's. That, that, that inconsistency really bothers me. And I, again, it's somewhat re- that's also somewhat reflected in their fights policy you see now where Esther is like getting critiqued for throwing a drink in somebody's face. When, like, I mean, the producers themselves set up scenarios where the cast is one in very physically uh, potentially harming conditions. Or two, has like, I mean, they're having the cast like steal $500,000 from each other. Like that, that sort of emotional manipulation versus having drink thrown in your face. Like it, it's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, it's a walking hypocrisy. Um, <laughs> I, I just think that they need to be more clear in terms of the guy because the, clearly the cast, like, they're obviously, okay, totally, you, okay, you can't put hands on each other, but it's one of those things. It almost seems at times like it's like tampering in the NBA, where like there's rules that they're just not going to enforce unless you get to a certain point. Yeah. I just think they need to be more direct about how they're going to legislate these things going forward. Because didn't Josh put his hands on Fessy too? Like, did I miss that? Uh, I don't think so. He pointed uh, his finger in his face. That's about as close as I think he got. I mean, we didn't talk. We didn't talk about that at all. Like there was still some dynamite that happened right when the show started. Oh, yeah. um, the previous night, where Josh is literally jumping up on the on the couch, singing and saying that Fessy's never going to go to the final again, and that he's going home. And like a lot of other, uh, uh, that that was insane. And then not only okay. that, him tr- him like trying to round up the house to vote Fessy and Esther in. Would he not only was Fessy his best friend like ten minutes ago, but then as he was also making out with Esther earlier that episode. I also do like that he really thinks of himself as in like the Godfather position where he can just say somebody's going to get put in, and then which would go completely against what their lines have been doing the whole entire time, and then they would get put in. He is in a pretty good position though, despite all of this. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, he's he's in a good spot. Well, I, I made a bet with Pat last night that he's a lock to make the final. Because the yeah, thing we, is, comp- that was shocking to me that you made that bet. That's I that's. A, if, I don't know if he's a lock, but I think he's in a good spot. Well, I got a purge contingency. If there's a purge at five, then that would still like count that he would be in. 
My thing is, like, if you look at this season compared to the past couple of seasons, the past seasons before this one, everybody had to go in at some point to get the skull. So that, that screws him because he's got to go in at some point. He's probably going to lose. War of the Worlds 2, for one, it's entirely alliance-based, but it's also a team season where you probably don't want Josh around compared to, like, you know, Zach or Jordan or Leroy or whoever else is on your team. And then before that, it's War of the Worlds 1 where you can call somebody out as you're going into elimination, in which case the back is going to be forced out because you too. can call them out. And it's so. his first season. So this season, I think it's just, this. I think this season is set up to be layup city in this final. Yeah, I mean, we have twelve more fucking weeks of this shit. So like, it's it's so wild. It's funny the way that the next season. Dude, pre- like, really sneak- talk, like is, is Survivor really just trying to beat the shit out of them? Because literally, that's how long Survivor is. It's like twelve to thirteen weeks. Yeah, Survivor has twelve more weeks. So literally, the there's just no Survivor, communication between the departments. I just Survivor's don't think the, the final. For, for, nope. for Survivor is going to air just around the same time as the final for the challenge. It's weird, too, because with them bringing in people from Survivor now, you think it'd be a good opportunity for cross-promotion. Like, if somebody you really liked think. Michelle from this season, oh, let's go back and watch Kyle Ron for Winners at War. They're just not incentivized for it. Like, that's no. what it comes well, down from to. The, they're not incentivized for the success of the other show. Yeah. But, I mean, they're incentivized in a manner that, like... I think there's I some ri- well, there's some no, rising tide lifts all boats with some reality TV. Like if somebody's no, going into they one, they don't give a shit about that. No, they don't give a I, fuck about that. I think so, this comes down to. So when I'll say this, and then Trace, go ahead and jump in. Yeah. They are incentivized, and you brought this up before, and you sure brought it up now. They're incentivized to make their own show do well. So in the sense that they're incentivized to do that, move it off fucking Wednesday night if you're the challenge. Yeah, it's like opening go up there. a barbecue joint right across from another barbecue joint. Go down the go down the other side of the or city. Even if. Even if there's a barbecue joint that moves in next to you and it's absolutely crushing you and it's going to put you out of business, move into another part of town. Move into a different part of the city. All right, go ahead, Trace. Yeah, I know I said this on our text thread, and I'm going to say it here on the show. I think that they look at this very differently. I think they view the challenge as we are focused on the 18 to 34 demographic, whereas survivors tends to skew 34 and older. And so they view it as not competition, but that's the wrong way to look at this. If well, you're they're gonna breaking put, on people from Survivor. That's what I was about to say. If you're going to bring on people from Survivor, you're competing with yourself. So move this sucker to Tuesday or move it to Thursday. But whatever you do, Wednesday is absolutely the wrong time for the challenge to be on. It's it's just a bad move. I Again, it's one of those things where I just don't know why they do it this way and what their what their defense is so i don't i don't like i don't like critiquing somebody that much when i don't know what the reason is for doing something it is it does just seem like it's such a missed opportunity though and especially i know aew we've talked about it a little bit but it's like aew is crushing the 18 to 34 demographic if that is your main target demo you need to move it the heck away. I mean, just a Is there small something on Tuesday we don't know about that, that's like no. blocking them off? There's nothing on Tuesday that I'm aware of other than MTV wants to put like Teen Mom OG or the Jersey Shore Union on on a Tuesday or something. I mean, if the challenge that MTV considers the challenge their flagship show and the advertising, them putting up, you know, advertising in Times Square that's literally the size of a building for them on Paramount Plus to have the challenge as the placard that you see when you see MTV, if the challenge is really your flagship show, you give it every chance possible to be as successful as possible. And they are not doing that right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just between that and the missions, it's just, it, there's just a couple things that seem well, like that, oh, I mean, you could run down everything. Okay, if the challenge is your flagship show, why are you not trying to get the best cast possible? Why are well, you? I not think that they would argue that they are, or that they're trying to, and it's just not succeeding. I, I, I don't. I disagree with that completely. I don't. I don't know if they necessarily think that. I hope they have enough awareness to know that this is not their best cast. No. And, you know, it boggles my mind a little bit, and I think Bananas hit the nail on the head. It's like, look, you just had this super successful all-star show. Why not bring some of those people on? And uh, then Do on we top know of, that they didn't try to? I mean, did I don't know. Any, did we see any of those people on the speculated cast? No. None. I, I just think they asked them, hey, can you leave for three months to film this show? They say no, and, and then they that's can. That's the fucking part of the problem. Don't make the show. Well, that, that's, a, that's a different it's part of it, though. Asinine. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that they're doing wrong, and we've talked about this so much. Like, let, let's try and like do some original stuff here, but like, we, we've, like, there's so much that they're fucking up on. All right, so there's nothing on Tuesday night. Well, I don't know. So the, the highest rated show is on Tuesday night, and from one going down, Tucker, Tucker Carlson tonight is the highest rated show on Tuesday night. I don't think that they're competing with that demographic. No, they're no, not, not competing with that. My grandmother. Catch, catch. Uh, whatever the fuck. Is Big Brother on Tuesday now? I forget what their schedule is. The fuck. Uh, I think Big Brother's done. Uh, yeah. No, they're still, they're still, they're still going. They've so is that, was that, I, I was going to ask that earlier. Was that going on last night too? No, I forget when they're, their schedule is so odd, Big right? Big Brother they, is on like three nights a week. They're on like yeah. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday or something. I forget. So, and then number three was the five or five the whatever the fuck that That's is. That's the Fox News show, the five. Yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not competing with that. They're not competing. There's a. There's. A, it's just. A, you you got to get past these news news channels. They're not. This it's is not. They're, they're, what are they talking? The eighteen to. What are they talking? The eighteen to thirty four. The top four out of five shows are all on Fox. What are the top eighteen to thirty four shows? I don't know. Like non news. Uh, WWE like, NXT might be one of them, but NXT's ratings are not good. So the top the top eighteen to thirty four show is the Tucker Carlson tonight. Well, what the non news show? How about that? Uh, Deadliest Catch. They're not Actually, competing with Deadliest Catch. Who, who knows? Maybe they'll bring on a skipper or something on next season. Yeah, I, I think the ratings thing to me is a clear missed opportunity. I, I think. To me, the missions are, again, just another thing that maybe I just personally have such a distaste for them. It seems like next week we're getting another Heights mission, which is not great. No, I mean, I think, I, I mean, we're, I think we're all on the same page on this. Like, the, the Has there ever been a Heights mission that's been good? Like, I think all the Heights missions suck. Yeah, there are some. There uh, are definitely some Heights yeah, missions some. that are good. That one from Battle of the Exes 2 where they had to, like, climb down the skyscraper okay, thing bad. with the ropes, that was pretty incredible. There was um, several... Cool Dual, Dual two, two, where they kind of have to like help hold their partner over the cliff. I think that's just, okay, you know, but like I mean, that takes forever. It was entertaining. No, though. it was very it entertaining. Take forever. This is the this is in the era of the dual two where we're like, if they did it now, it would take forever. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just talking about that. Like they fly yeah. through that. That probably lasts like six minutes. Maybe if that. Um, and then you also had from Cutthroat several good heights missions. The one where they had the partners that had to jump on the surfboard and ride it down into the the, the quarry and swim. That was pretty cool. I mean, they they do heights missions well. There are some out there that are really know. good. They haven't done them for a long time, so I think what it could be is just the way that the missions are edited. I think that's a lot of it. But so like then there's the the Battle of the Sexes one elimination 
maximum velocity where they have to cut. Oh, the, the ripboard thing. Yeah. That one's kind of sick. That's like one of the best uh, moments of the season, which isn't saying a lot, but it's still like not bad. Ruthie uh, nailing that was pretty cool when she did that. I agree. All right. Uh, so I is let, let, let's talk about Emmy for a second. I'm completely out on this. Like I like couldn't care less about her storyline. The well, whole you just said like, you liked the one scene with her signing the thing in Sriracha, at least. Yeah, I like that. But like her, like crying after uh, she wins elim- elimination, like slamming the dirt, like she just won Game Seven of the finals, and thinking like uh, Romania, her mom and her grandma, like give me a fucking break. Like it's just, it, I mean, I this is just again just not what you're here for. But if, you know, for I, explaining to the other audiences, I, I can see where it comes. I from. don't care for her too much, but I will say this: she's 23. She's a kid, like 22. She's younger than that. She's, she's 22. 22. Two years younger than me. So, like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, she's, she's 22. She's on the challenge. She wins her first elimination. She's about to pick Uncle CT. Like. I can understand her excitement. I'll give her a mulligan on that. I, I personally think it was annoying, but I cannot blame her for her reaction. Well, it's, again, it's just, I think that it's appealing to a different demographic than us with, I with think that character storyline. I think the whole Uncle C.T. thing is like kind of fucking creepy, too. It's a little like, weird. I'm not going to lie. Berna and her are both calling him Uncle C.T. It's a little weird. And well, I mean, we- the, the UK team, what they call him on World of the Worlds 2? Pops? Pops, yeah. Well, that was more yeah. of like a Mafia Don uh, nickname, you know. Devin Sabot pointed out that he's sounding like Vito Corleone when he's talking confessionals now. <laughs> well, I mean, the way they're calling him Uncle CT, I expect him to walk in scratching his balls, drinking a Schlitz malt He was liquor. also a lot fatter on World of the Worlds, too, so maybe, maybe that played into it, too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's so interesting. Like, if we want to talk about, like, alliances and strategy – CT's looking pretty solid still. It seems oh, I like I think no once it gets to Vess, I think he's done. Why? Just why are they keeping him around? Well, his because biggest competition to go home is gone. Like, I don't think Kyle and Devin have that much loyalty to him, and I think Devin knows he we'll can't see, walk into dude. a final with CT. We'll see, dude. I think that, like, I think that's something that they're not showing us at all. That, like, we've heard from other podcasts, and that that Kyle CT Devin alliance is pretty solid. I think Kyle said that. I don't think Devin's made much illusion that he's that tight with them. I think Devin would much rather ride with Josh and Nelson than he would with Kyle and CT. Maybe. And I also think there's an unspoken thing where CT's looking out for Amber B under the radar as well. Like, he's not, like, advocating for her, but he's not, like, I think. Not... I think they're... I, I really think... I Kyle maybe will be okay. I think the rest of that group is just DOA. I, I just don't... Like, Devin has shown repeatedly... He at least has a self-awareness that he knows if he walks into a final with CT, he's not winning. He knows that. He's done it multiple times. Um, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I did, and he and Josh seem to be the ones who have really have, are in charge of what's going to happen once it gets to vets. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Nadi would happily have CT go in. She's never had any loyalty to him. I don't know. So you think the first, the first chance they get, they're going to throw him in? First chance, maybe not. I think Big T seems like she's enough on the bottom where she goes in. Maybe Amber goes in after that. But I definitely don't think he's long once it gets to Well, it's man and a woman going at the same time. Yeah, but I mean, it could be like and Big T's partnership is voted in, and then they have some rookies they can put in on the side. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I don't. I, he's not making the final. I'd be very surprised if he makes it to the yeah. final. And BT Dubs, I did some math on this, and if I'm correct, I think this game is going to go individual by the end. 
Uh, I can see them doing individual eliminations. That doesn't mean they have to have the pairs go away, though. I, I think the pairs is eventually going away this season. Just because there's yeah. too many episodes? There's too many yeah, episodes. There's too many episodes, and if they keep getting rid of two people every episode, they're going to be out of people for a final by, like, episode 14. Well, so if we wanted to have... If they we could cliffhanger have, a lot of these. If they, Oh, my God. I <laughs> hope could. I, I'm, I'm out at that point. I'm done. Like, if they start doing that. So yeah. If and even if four, we're assuming a two-part final and everything, if you start doing the math, I think we've got one or two more episodes of these team things. And I think stuff's going to go more individual here in I about three weeks. I think that would be a horrendous if decision. We, if they, they want to have four people left in the final... That means they would only have enough cycles for seven more eliminations, seven more pairs mm-hmm. eliminations. And so seven plus seven, that's 14. That's still five more episodes. So what are they going to do? We'll see what happens. I can see them keeping the pairs, but switching it to individual for eliminations. I, maybe it should just meet my hope for what happens. I just think the pacing of the season, which has already been pretty slow. It's going to be they're not, destroyed if you do individuals. I so don't know mean? if it's going to get destroyed, but I think they don't want to bring back the rogue agent thing. So if you start well, doing pacing, almost always an issue when you go to individuals. Think about okay. how slow the pacing was last season with the individuals and total madness. So the thing is, so if how many people do we think they're they're going to have in the final? Eight total. They, four they, and four. Eight, eight's been kind of the eight's been the what they've so been working with since basically World of One. We have enough for fourteen episodes, right? So then there's still. Three episodes still f- in between, right? Where they would As- need to figure As- something out. Assuming Man, it's a two-part final. It's going to be really rough. That means that they're going to have like three episodes where they're not going to be able to have an elimination pit if they keep it pairs throughout. Or they draw it out, which we don't want either. That's what I mean, yeah. Or like, they, they start, yeah, they start drawing it out. So that, that's what I yeah. mean, yeah. Like, Going towards the vendettas uh, editing that wanted me to that, bang that my head against the wall. It's just a lot. It's too much. We've talked about it, and we don't need to beat that dead. But it's too many episodes. Maybe they they, they mix up. Maybe they throw something we're not expecting in there. They they could go individuals. I don't think that's that's certainly not outside the realm of possibilities. Um, I I prefer the pairs, but we'll see what they go with. I've said this before. They just need to do. They just need to film two seasons back to back in the same location and make two seasons that are ten episodes each. That's all they need to do, and I think that like solves a lot of these problems. Um. All right. Yeah, because I mean, fuck, we, we still haven't seen, this is off topic, but we still haven't seen a veteran in elimination. The only veterans oh, that have yeah. gone home have gone home due to DQ or medical DQs. That's it. Other than that, it's all been rookies that go home from an elimination. Yeah, that is crazy. Week, next week, unless Huey and Berna win the daily, they're going in. And it, it doesn't seem... I don't know. They're it didn't not, seem like Casey was very receptive at all to Amber getting put in. Uh, I mean, who knows what these missions do? Some of these missions just suck. Like, they could rage so, stumble into something. So it's uh, going to be... It's going to be Huey and Berna that go into And, like, Jeremiah and Bettina probably will get voted Probably, because neither of them have been in yet. So it's going to be those four. Yeah, Man, or Priscilla. It's going to be brutal. I mean, with the, like they they just gotta find some way to step on the fuel with this. I guess the problem is just that they don't they have a certain episode order they have to meet from MTV, so they I can't. Do that. Just make two seasons. 
Well, but I, I even mean just in terms – they even just have to call – if I was there, I would be calling an audible with this format. We just can't keep having where these rookies just get put in. It's just so boring. Yeah. Like, I mean, right now is where you come out and just say, all right, you can no longer pick two people from uh, any team. That or, or, or last place just goes in next week. That's just – that's just there's some really easy ways that you can fix this. Yeah. Last place goes in, no and then we're gonna have, uh, and then we'll have a house vote and the winners vote, and then the two of you guys will draw skulls, and then whoever gets the skull goes in. Okay, there's a lot of ways you can do that. Why aren't they doing this? They're just incompetent. I think there's just a lot of different. It's easy for us to say these things because there's just the three of us who all come from a somewhat similar mind. What we want to see in the show, just like. A thousand different people who have their hands in the pot probably to make these decisions. Yeah, I mean, I think it's death. It's just by hard committee. to make quick. To, it's just hard to make a quick call on the spot like that. Like the yeah. the number of people who I feel like probably have influence over the actual like game gameplay, the actual format. I bet you was like less than ten. It could be not that many who have an influence over, but it still affects a lot of different people. Yeah. And then I think one of the other issues, and we talked about this with casting, is I've heard, now heard two different interviews with different producers, and they talk about the cast, and they're like, oh, I love working with this person, or I want him around every time because I love working with him. It's like, I realize you love working with them, but that might not necessarily give you the best product. Like, aren't isn't your goal the best product here? Like, wouldn't you rather have someone who could be a little bit more difficult to work with, but makes your show better? Like, I mean, we say it's easy for us to say these people are with them for three months. And like, you see it all the time in the work. But they don't the have to be just, though. Shorten the filming season. Okay. Well, that's, that's a different question. But like, we see it all the time in the regular workforce where somebody who's just easier to work with, even if they're not as productive, gets to be kept around. But are you going to put yourself into bankruptcy because you would rather work with people I don't you like rather than people that do the best thing? Ever? Well, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go into bankruptcy. But if the ratings get low enough, like what happens to the show? Like, I mean, there were there was someone in Discord that even said last night uh, or this morning, he was like, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't even watch the episode last night. I watched the yeah. other few things going on. Yeah, um, he watched Survivor and AEW and didn't even watch the challenge last night. And he's on our Patreon. He's a diehard fan, and he decided it was skippable. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, we need to get we need to get a producer on here. And we just, I, like, I, I, think that's I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, I don't think they're, they're going to do that. Do you think they really have enough awareness to know like exactly like what our like driving narrative is coming out of this? If you're a producer, you need to have a certain like you can't just go on a podcast. Like, they're going to have to approve that. They're not no, going to go can. on certain podcasts. Let's clear no, that no, up. No chance. And then not only that, they already have their own MTV's podcast. That they're yeah, they'll the just do a on. fluff interview with Anissa and Tori. Like that's yeah. the way that goes. We could get someone to come on the podcast if we actually tried. I think if we had if producer, there was an I, I, if there was an ex producer who would not be an ex producer, an ex producer, that's still the same thing. That's still the same thing. No, it's not. Somebody who's currently employed by the network is the producers change so quickly. Like, so what's the difference between having a producer that was on last season that's not on it anymore and having one that's on this season? Well, I, I just it's, I, it's a it's a different question that um, for a producer to come on that's still employed that is the first one that's not. I mean, that's that's yeah. a whatever. Big it, for, for us, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Like at the end of the day, all that matters is it's just one that was on a recent season. I mean, I think an I think an ex producer is probably a better interview because it's going to be a bit more uncuffed. Yeah. All right. What do we, right, let's do what power do we not talk about? Yeah, we got power. Let's do power what, is there anything that we have not talked about that people are going to absolutely skewer us for not bringing up? Um, 
No, because all that happened was the fight, the Fessy getting kicked off. They did the house vote and then they had the hot sauce thing. And then they went the to elimination. Stuff. What about... What about CT telling, or not CT, TJ telling uh, Josh that he needs to get his shit together? <laughs> Him not having his stuff together is the reason why he's still on the show. If he yeah, gets his stuff together, he's to no say. longer being casted. It's just insane. Josh creates conflict or gets involved in conflicts. Like, why? I, mean, I get, be- like, just why they have to put on the show for that. But I think, like, I mean, critiquing a cast member for throwing a drink in somebody's face to me is absolutely ridiculous. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. I mean, like it, it, what, what, it depends on what are, what is our goal, right? Like, like, what are we trying to accomplish here? Are we trying to like put on a show for a Christian Bible school? No, like that's not our goal. <laughs> Ironically, I've seen more drama and politics in a Christian Bible school in some cases than this show right now. All right, <sighs> Rob, go. Power rank. Uh, winner picks. All right, Nelson one, Devin two, Emmanuel three for the guys. For the woman, the I'll same go. Same as last week. Yeah, from woman, I'll go. Tori one, Nani two, Casey three. Uh, overall, Nelson, Tori. I'll go Nelson, Tori, Nani. I'll Devin in fourth. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I might be changing it up this week. Um, I'm going to go with Uncle CT one, Nelson two, and Emmanuel three. So you seem pretty high on Kyle and Devin. We were talking before. My thing is, yeah, so I'm just it, it's changing every week right now because there's just like it's hard to really tell where this whole veteran explosion is going to go. So my thing so, is, if you guys think that Emmanuel's going to go that far, I think you guys should have him be the winner because he's definitely. Gonna, well, I don't gonna think be, he's going to go that far. I think he's got a chance of winning if he gets there. I think he's got a rough chance to get there. I don't think he's in the like, final. Like I think right like, now politically he's in a really good spot. Like if he goes right against Nelson and Devin in a final, like I'm well, I'm not picking those three. I, I'm I know, not picking I know, those Rob, three to make a final. I know, Rob. I know. I'm just like saying hypothetically, if they make it into a final, like someone like that, like I mean, I think he's going to win. So really, I'm agreeing with you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not. I, we just don't know how again the pairs and stuff. We just gonna play out in the final. But uh, in I, theory, yeah, I agree. I think we're about four episodes away from having a clearer picture of who's really the favorite to win this final. So right now you just have to go off the evidence that's there. CT's visibility is starting to go up again and he's been pretty invisible to this point. And so the fact that you're getting insight from him on the game and his game and stuff like that, that's a, that's a red flag for me of what's coming. Female side. I'm still all in on Amanda um, followed by, I'm going to say Nani Smashley at this point. And overall, I'm starting to feel a lot better with Amanda C.T. Nelson. Wait, you said Amanda Nani who? Amanda Nani and Smashley. I mean, she wasn't even on this episode. No. Uh, no. But I also she don't just... see any whisper of her going into elimination either. Like, none. Like, even among the veterans, she's been very quiet. So... If Ashley can stay under the radar, she's going to make the final. What was your overall rankings? Um, Amanda C.T. Nelson. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Amanda, Tori, Casey. I'm going to go... Nelson, Devin, Kyle, 
And I'm gonna go Amanda. Corey Nelson. All right. I was not uh, expecting me to low man on the totem pole on Amanda of our group. Oh, I, I win some bets from this episode, right? Yeah, I mean, Rob, like, let's not bring up the bets that you lost. Well, I lost a lot, <laughs> but I won this one. He did win this one. Yeah. Um, and this one was like, even after we tripled it, it was still $15. After yeah. we tripled the bet. I wanted to do more. You wouldn't do more. Yeah, because I'm not a fucking idiot. Because, like, the whole point of this is, like, I thought that, like, I would, like, favor, like, Fessy over Nelson making it further in the game, but I didn't think that there was, like, a 98% probability that it was going to happen. Even even when we made it, I was like, yeah, like, I think it's probably, like, 55, 60%. I'm aware. Yep. So, before we transition to Survivor, I've got kind of a, it's not fully off topic, but it is related to this season. So, what is the best case scenario male winner for this season? Do you think in terms of what, in terms of future seasons, like who winning would make an impact for future seasons? I don't think it matters. I, I actually do. I have an opinion. I I don't think it matters. I I could like Nelson or Devin would be fine, but like, I, I don't think it matters. I think that CT winning makes for a very interesting storyline. If Bunim and Murray cast bananas for the next season. Because if CT wins this, he's going to pass bananas on the all-time money list. And you have a setup now of being able to say, oh, bananas wasn't on the last two seasons and CT wins. I'm back to take my crown, all that kind of stuff. And then you've got bananas wanting to reassert himself as the all-time money winner. Like I it think, sets I think up he's back. I don't see why we think he's back next season. I don't think he's back. I'm saying that it sets up an interesting storyline that they can play off of. I think that he's not coming back for a while, if at all. I don't know. I think it was definitely smart of him to just take some seasons off just because, like, what's the point? You just won. He, your target couldn't get any He's bigger. got better stuff to do. I know. It, all of this combined. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense for him to be on right now, especially like, I mean, with the amount of money that they pay people. Um, like, Wes was looking ripped when he was doing those pull-ups in the Instagram video, but he said he said he's not coming back for a while either. I, I just don't think they're coming, either of those two are coming back for a, a decent minute. There's just no point for him to come back with the way yeah. it's currently structured. Yeah, they um, probably make more money doing whatever else they're doing than going on the show. Maybe. I don't all know. Right. So, Survivor. I, I wasn't able to watch. I, I didn't have time. What are you doing, dude? You, you I was busy. It. If you're if you're if you're not gonna watch it, like tell me so I don't have to fucking I'm so I'm not up until like, I told him you, where well, I told him as soon as we got on yeah this morning that doesn't do me any good if you tell me now as opposed to last night so I'm no, not I mean, until, as soon as like, we got on one in the morning like it doesn't like that doesn't like give me like a, a couple hours of sleep back I, I apologize <laughs> all right uh so. Yeah, I guess from here out, we're talking about Survivor. Uh, if you don't want to hear us talk about Survivor, thank you for listening. Uh, and we'll talk to you if you're a patron later this week with a bonus episode. If you're not a patron, we'll talk to you again next Wednesday. If you would like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash the challenge chronicles and subscribe for $4 a month. We just did an episode where we did betting lines for All Stars 2, which we think there's a, a decent probability will come out next month in October sometime. So we're going to start doing some all-stars prep. 
Um, and then we have a bunch of other gift bonus content going on as well. Yep. Thank you for listening. All right, Survivor. Uh, I thought this was overall very enjoyable. And I do uh, did enjoy some of the adjustments that they made to the game uh, that I thought were very good. Like I mm-hmm. thought the uh, like the die that you could roll, like the, the shot in the dark, to save yourself from elimination. I really like that um, it, because at least that way it gives you an out, right? It just adds like another element to the game. If I've you really know that it. all the votes are getting put on you, you have a shot in the dark. I like it. Yeah, it's just not like you're. It's not like you're completely screwed, especially like when there's situations where you get to the point where you're going home and the reason that you got to the point where you're going home had nothing to do with you, right? So, like, if you went and do a swap um, and it completely screwed you because all the members from your alliance are now on another tribe, you at least still have a prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like... I overall liked it. There were a couple things that grated on me a little bit, and I know that some people don't see a problem with it. It's just my opinion. I felt like there was too much, like, COVID talk. Like, I understand we need to acknowledge that, hey, because of the pandemic, we haven't been able to film and we're excited to be here. Great. But it was like, we heard a lot about COVID in the first few minutes. And me, I watch reality TV and I watch TV to not think about the problems of the real world. And so when I'm watching a show that is supposed to help me escape and it's bringing in too much of that, I get a little irritated. I know other people don't feel that way. That's just my opinion. The other thing I didn't like is I felt like Jeff Probst was doing too much winking at the camera this this episode. Dude, I, I kind of like this. Dude, so I kind of like, so what, Rob, what they did is they're really, like, taking down the fourth wall. So, like, Jeff Probst is, like, literally just... Like, I could tell that based on the previews. Like, I really enjoyed that. Like, I keep so, the long like, hair. Yeah. Dude, I think like, that he, looks like, pretty has, good like, on a him. cherry curl now. Like, <laughs> it looks good. I love how... So, like, at the start of the episode, what they did is they introed into the season... And he like literally showed people where like they were hiding an idol. And so it mm-hmm. seems like that they're going to make a concerted effort to, um, in the same way, didn't the genius kind of do this where fans were more aware of some informations than the players were at the time, just to kind of give you well, like, a lot of shows have done that, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, really I don't, I didn't see that one. So um, no, I thought that was good. I think it was just more of like him, like pointing at the camera and going like Jeff Probst on Twitter. We're settled this. It's like, Okay, like it just went a little too far for me. And I'm being nitpicky, but I I it was genuinely like, hey, let's not abuse this breaking the fourth wall situation. Like I thought it was fascinating at the beginning of the episode where before they brought the cast in, you could actually see how many yeah, cameras and crew were there. Cool. I was like, I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of people there with cameras. Yeah. Like they had like a moment where they really took the fourth wall down and like showed everyone involved with the production of just like an individual scene. There were like over a hundred people, right? Yeah, it, it is interesting too because this cast seems like a decent amount older than what they had been going with for a while. Yeah, and I mean that's like that's part of like their. I I, I think you dropped off a podcast when we talk about this. That that's part of like mm-hmm. their concerted effort for like their diversity guidelines now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the it's older, not positive, just more diverse in general. Um, just yeah, as okay. far as like, I know, older race. was that was right? one thing that I thought was like dynamite about this episode is this cast is very diverse with a lot of different personality. Like yeah. there's going to be some for reality conflict. TV. 
Yes. Yeah, I feel like that gets missed sometimes, but you want a lot of different people interacting. Yes. It's not a group think type season. Like there's a lot of people with a lot of different opinions going on here and a lot of different life experience. And it's going to be interesting in this game of a social experiment to see how all this plays out. Overall, so, overall you, did, you had to have thought this episode was a positive, right? Like, yeah, I don't, of course I, don't I think, did. Yeah. Like it was a solid like couple. And even like I started to watch the episode and then I saw that it was going to be a two hour long episode. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Uh, <laughs> but it like it like wasn't that bad. It like kept moving. Like there were definitely some yeah. points where there was like a lull, but like it kept going. The I should have timed the challenge. Like I wonder like how long the challenges are for the survivor compared to the challenge. Like it, it was. Well, way I mean, less. It, I'm sure. It's, well, it's way less, but it's also a different show. Apples and oranges, I mean, I kind in of my opinion. Yeah. Um, the one know. thing that was I mean, so I think you probably enjoy them similarly, but in terms of how they're advertised, they're very different. In terms of how what are advertised? The shows. Yeah, I agree. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm just talking about the actual challenge because I no, think at I, the end I of know. the day, it's still this. It's still the same, right? It's still like that, like component of the show. It's still people watching, like people compete. But I still think that pe- more people tune into the challenge to watch few people compete, whereas people turn into a survivor to watch people survive slash politic. I would, I would wonder, like, what percentage of people, like, we've we've talked about this before. I really want to know what percentage of people tune into the challenge to watch the actual mission that occurs. Somebody put up a vote the other day of what parts of the episodes you, they people like the most. I think there was one person out of like two hundred and fifty that voted exactly. for exactly, exactly, Bob. <laughs> like that's what I've been talking about. I know, but like, time. I think to the like the casual of the casual that there is like, just, I mean, oh. it is. It's, it's the part of the, the oh. show is called the challenge, as we've been told multiple times by production. It's called the challenge. They're called challenges. But it's that doesn't necessarily mean that's what people like the most. I know, but it's what they advertise. Yeah, so they're fucking up. They're like advertising the part of the show that people like the least. You know what I – okay, all right. (laughs) Since we're going to venture into this for a second, I think that the way the challenge is structured now makes the challenge less important from what people actually like about the show because I think most people like about the show – is the cast, the personalities, and how they interact and the implications of how that plays out in the game. If you are in more of a team-type situation where you have to work together for more people, then the missions and the interactions during the mission, like let's took for instance, Rookie Moves. That situation is made by the fact that it's a team working together, making decisions and things going very wrong for some people. (laughs) Um, you have those types of situations all the time, but now that they're doing this turn-based one or two people at a time, majority of missions, it leaves room for very little conflict or interaction between the players during the mission. It's just a repetitive merry-go-round of a situation. Yeah. So they, they, I'm kind of, do you remember who Brad is, Trace, the cattle farmer? Oh Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of surprised. I'm surprised that he's on the show and not surprised that he's on the show. I'm surprised in the sense that it seems like he has no idea what he's doing. Uh, but then that's also why I'm not surprised that he's yeah, on the show. Yeah, I, I think so, he's uh, the type of guy that I actually think is going to be my favorite cast member by the end of it if he sticks around. There was a group of four people that were standing together, Rob, uh, one of which was this guy. Uh, the second person asked him who he thinks he should go home. And he says the third and the fourth people in the group should go home. Like, to their faces. <laughs> what was the response? 
like a little bit of just like, did he just do that? Like, yeah, <laughs> he just get vote? is he just not getting voted out because he's clearly like doesn't know what he's doing? So let's just keep him around. Oh, he's on, so. along for the ride. Like, he's gonna be there towards the end. Like he'll he's, he'll stick around. He's the perfect person to have in your alliance. He's gonna be super loyal, dude. Like he's gonna be like loyal to a fault. You're gonna be able to tell him exactly what to do, and he's not gonna question it. Yeah. Th- and that's, that was um, that, that's that was, that's the way to play it if you're going on, right? You just have to play dumb. The Kaiser Soze. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's the move. Because that was the thing that boggled my mind in that elimination when they voted off Sarah. I felt like she was a good pick because of the competition, because of the speeding up of this competition, weakening your tribe by getting rid of strong physical players is going to hurt you long-term, I think. So that is, that was a piece of it, but I actually felt like Ricard, if I'm the people in that tribe, this is the one mistake a lot of people make in survivor. The person who is talking to the most groups of people is the person you want to get rid of, because that's the person that's going to, they're the person that's going to orchestrate the blind side. And he was talking to too many different groups of people, making too many different ideas out there. And it's very obvious that he's the guy that's going to manipulate that tribe. When I'm sitting did there, you, I would have voted him off immediately because that's did poison. You, did you see, though, that at the end of it, he was still on the right side of the vote? He voted for yes, Sarah. He did. Um, the, the rough thing, though, with any of those is just with how like merges and tribe tribe wow. shuffles and stuff. Yeah, with tribe tribe swaps have kind of I mean it seems they're happening very Okay. Uh What did you think do you, do you remember who Shan is? Rob, there's a pastor on this season. And she's the sneeziest of them all. She's incredible. <laughs> is, she, is she the same pastor that well it, it says woman, so it's not Jack Easterby from the Houston Texans? No. She she honestly seems like she's in one of the best positions out of anyone on the anyone on the tribe. Uh, I agree. She's talking to everyone. Um, there's a lot of like decent players on the on the green tribe because there's mm-hmm. Ricard, there's JD, and then there's Shan, um, who all seem to like have a general idea of what you should do. Um, and then there's a couple people like Brad doesn't know what's going on. Jeannie, I think I don't even remember who Jeannie voted for. I think she voted for Ricard, maybe. Yeah, so she she's did. really not. She's stupid. out to lunch. She doesn't know what's going on. Just like um, the one stray vote. <laughs> it was the correct vote, though. He's the one that they should have been voting for. Like, no question. Well, I mean, if he's not getting voted out, though. But they should have been banding together and going like, hey, here's the guy that's the real threat. Like, But they weren't thinking that way. They were letting him play Pied Piper. What, what, do, you th- what do we think of them switching to the numbered format? Uh, I don't like it. The C-4? Uh, it just looks weird, right? Mm-hmm. No, I switch I it now? Even, even when he says it, like, I'm just like... Survivor 41. Pick a fucking name. You know, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's better that, than... The creative department's just like, we don't want to spend any more resources on this. We just got to keep it moving. I don't know. I think this is what it is. They're just trying things. And, and mm-hmm. that's what I respect about them, is they'll try mm-hmm. shit. And if it doesn't work, they change it very quickly. Well, I think part of what it is, is that when they pick... Th- Whenever they pick these formats, they always have to pick a format that either restricts their gameplay or restricts their casting by a significant amount. Like, it's like David versus Goliath, or it's... Even something like Ghost Island, where it's going to restrict what they can do. No, or they'd rather be unconstrained. They, that, that's not what they do at all, Rob. So they pick the cast, and then they do the format around the cast. Well, I, but it's still restricting. So you have to then set up your tribes a certain way. You have to set up something a certain way. The, uh, like I think that factors into it like very, 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 very loosely. Because that's like, why you think if that's David versus, that's David why versus people, Go- 
That's why there's people on the, on tribes where they split it up that way that it like makes like no sense why they're on that tribe. You know, like, um, go ahead. I, I suppose, but there's still some like of like there's still something where they that's going to influence them in one way or another. Whereas now they're completely unconstrained if they just pick a number, or they could or they could just pick a location. No, I don't think so. Number. I mean, I think like if it does influence them, it like does in like an almost like unperceptible way. Like I don't think it really matters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I you know I I feel like since we we're running low on time here, we should highlight some of the other big changes to the game here. So one of the big ones was the advantage thing they did, where yeah. the tribe. Well, let's not even go there. Let's go to what they were given. First of all, no rice, so their resources are limited. They had a pot, a machete, and a flint, but they had to earn them. So one team earned it by winning the first little reward challenge, jumping off the boat with the paddles. The others had to pick between a puzzle and a manual labor type challenge to get their flint pot and machete. So like the first one was they had to take ocean water. They had four hours to fill up two buckets with ocean water or they had to solve a puzzle. The only problem was is they only got one guess at the puzzle. So if they were wrong, it's just done. And that's what both tribes chose. And I thought... Voce is good. You know what I mean? He was like, I don't want to like do the, the, the endurance thing because then I'm going to have to spend four hours away from my tribe and like mm-hmm. be away from like all the plotting and scheming and relationships that are going to be formed. He's pretty good. And then I also thought for the blue tribe, when um, the two guys that were doing the endurance challenge, Nasir comes over and notices that they're looking for an idol. He goes back and tells the rest of the tribe. I think he's going to be pretty good. I don't think really anything is going to come from, him like going to the tribe and telling them this because uh, I think it was one of the women ended up telling Danny and Deshaun that he told the rest of the tribe that I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think he's, he's a good player and he's Mm -hmm. definitely like someone like that's like a very diverse casting choice that like in seasons past, I could not be on. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's very interesting. And I also thought that the advantage thing was cool in that it was like, Hey, pick a tribe member. They're getting on a boat. And then they had to go hike up a big steep hill. And then they had a decision with the prisoner's dilemma. You know, if they all cooperate, then nothing changes. If they all defect, they all lose a vote. And then if one person cooperates and any other combination of the other two defect, then at that point they got an advantage and they both did. Um, I can't remember his name from the blue tribe, but he chose to cooperate and save his vote. And then the other two, defected which was xander and jd and they uh, got an advantage so they have an extra vote that has to be used before the final six so i liked it i thought, that I thought was it really was good. brilliant and it it really is speeding this gameplay up like they had to start going immediately yeah like they had it was like a just a bunch of different dynamics right where you can kind of like earn advantages that's pretty much what it came down to um and it's and they force kind of they force it it forces something to happen between you and the rest of your tribe right because Mm -hmm. no one wanted to go and do that second advantage uh where you could like make a choice right where Mm -hmm. you could like potentially risk getting an extra vote no one wanted to do that um and it turned out that everyone came back and told their tribe exactly what uh happened there they just lied on the decision that they made right Mm -hmm. and i thought it was interesting that the yellow tribe wanted to send xander out because evie said there's no way that he's going to do anything that goes against the tribe. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> that's exactly uh, what he did. 
And yeah, he lied I mean, I, when he came back too. Like he and JD both lied their ass off when they came back. They they told some of the truth up until a certain point, and it was brilliant. Like I was very impressed with their stories. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I liked pretty much all. I don't know if there was one twist that they decided to put in um, this episode that I didn't enjoy. So the other thing, one of the last things is if this is only twenty six days and we still have the same amount of episodes. There's going to be a lot of... Ep- Rob, stop typing real quick. We're going to wrap this up. We can like hear you like banging on the keyboards. <laughs> there are going to be <clears throat> a bunch of episodes where there are multiple uh, tribal councils, which yep. I think everyone loves, right? Like, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to be against that. Nope. Especially with all the whispering that happened with the one. Like, it just it, things started to go nuts there uh, already. Like, episode one, we've got the big whisper thing going on, and it was just like, oh, okay, this is going to happen really fast. Uh, there's just a lot of interesting dynamics and I feel like it levels the playing field for a lot of people. And it's going to be interesting with all these advantages in play because it's almost somebody on um, Reddit was talking about this. It's like, oh, there's too many advantages. I'm like, "Mm, no, I don't think so. You know why? The more advantages there are here, the quicker you're going to have to think on your feet to play them. You know what I mean? Like you've got to play these advantages at the right time. We could have a tribal council where five advantages get playing and someone effectively gets screwed over for not thinking all the way through this thing. Um, I mean, it's going to be before. interesting. Yeah, um, it's going to be cool. These are these are more subtle advantages too, which I think is mm-hmm. good. I don't know. It's I I think it was overall, uh, e- even though it was two hours long, I think it for the most part it sped through pretty quickly. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see um, what happens the rest of this season. Um, anything else we want to say? I think the ultimate twist to the season would be like, don't at any point merge the tribes. You have to. No, you don't. Merge you or, don't. Or shuffle. You can shuffle people, but make it so that the final three is a person from each of the tribes. And you could find a very creative way to do that. Like really screw with these people's heads. Cause that's what they're doing. I, I don't think that works. <laughs> like, <laughs> trace, this is, this is, this is really big. Like I don't, this is my Skip Baylor's tri- hot take of the day. Well, what right? happens when one tribe gets dissolved and you have four in one tribe and then one in the other? If one person loses, they're just Well, gone. if it dissolves, it dissolves. Or they have an advantage that somehow saves them and they wind up having to shuffle the deck. I mean, there's so many different ways you could do it. But you want to talk about the ultimate mind screw on Survivor. And it looks like that's what they're doing is the ultimate mind screw this season with these players. Really screw with them and at no point merge. Like, how does that change how I- you play? Trace, they pretty much did that in Palau, right? That's what happened. Like one tribe literally got down to one person and then she came over into the other yep. tribe. And didn't last uh, a whole lot longer. <laughs> well, but that was, they lost every challenge though. Yeah, That's what literally. I mean. That's what he's talking about. They no, never I, merged them technically. Well, but I, I think for that to happen, it has to be something like that. If you have it where you have like five in one tribe, three in another one, and one in another one. like what, what is You can shuffle that deck though. Like, you can literally say, drop your buffs. We re- we're redrawing for tribes. Like, Simple fix. All right. Um, There's my hot take. I think yeah, we've, got, we've got we've got our galaxy brain Tracer Armstrong take of the day. Hey, I listen, guess. if I can fix the challenge, I can come up with some survivor stuff too. Just say no. I'm just I mean, I think we have a lot of good stuff for the challenge on stuff, yeah. and I think we're pretty much all in line with like what what they could do. Um, I'm curious if they bring us in for like a present, like if we get to go in there with like our PowerPoint and like start giving them ideas, like what's the reaction? No, I don't even think that happens. I think they, if I, well, I know for a fact, a couple people hear this from the show. 
Um, I think their thought process is these these fuckers don't know what this is really like. Oh, they don't know anything. That's probably the reaction. <laughs> they don't have a degree in television production. And honestly, most of the time, that's where the best ideas come from. You know what I mean? People that like aren't necessarily like in the weeds on that stuff. Like that's what happened. That's what's happened with professional sports. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, professional sports like, and even like. Most it, the way most tech companies work now is they have a lot of their significant assets are devoted to people who just go gather requirements from people who actually use their products. And yeah. at the same time, like if if they're like, who the fuck are these people? Like, I think Trace and I are in charge of like departments that make more money than the challenge actually does. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I, I mean, he I, might not I, be too far off here because, like, I mean, I, part of my job for those of you that don't know is I am a consultant for an IT company. And we go help other companies fix their problems or do things that they don't see or don't do. And we're insanely profitable from that because we're an outsider coming in going, hey, you recognize you have a problem with these processes and we help you fix them and make them better because they're so in the weeds. They can't see the dysfunction sometimes in their own processes. So, I mean... Part of that is very true. Like the outsider's perspective helps, but you need when I, when we go into a project, we try to learn as much about that company and the dynamics as we can with who we're working with, because we can't offer them good advice if we don't understand who they are, what they do, those kinds of things. So I think the same thing applies here with the challenge when we're talking about this stuff is it's like, Hey, I would want to know more about the inner workings of how they make the show and then be able to offer creative advice from there because that's how that works. You know, like you just, the closer you are to a situation, the harder it sometimes is to course correct. All right. So after numerous uh, technical difficulties, we are done with this episode. Thank you for listening. And if you're a patron, we'll talk to you later this week. Uh, I don't think we have any more housekeeping. Let's just end it. Talk to you again soon.